Welcome back to the We Know Fantasy Podcast. Probably for as in terms of you know regularly scheduled weekly uploads for the last time of the 2019 fantasy football season. My name is Nate We Know Fantasy. I'm joined here as always by the Fantasy Fro. Fro, how are you today for this week 16 episode? I'm doing great as we speak. I'm currently in three finals. I had three semifinals last week. Was a nervous wreck going into it, but here I am, three championships, and I'm excited, a little nervous, but I'm looking to bring in that big jackpot winner. Yeah, my luck was uh, the complete opposite. I was in so many semifinals, and I'm in uh, maybe like one or two finals, so I have no clue what happened. Uh, <laughs> all my semifinals, I was in so many semifinals. I was feeling so good, and I just lost by like a few points here in every single one of my semifinals, and I'm so disappointed, and it was not a good week for me. The 49ers lost to the Falcons. So there was that. And then I played a doubleheader in my first week of my indoor uh, softball league. We lost both games of that. So it wasn't a good week for me. Uh, we'd like to move forward here. And hopefully I can win these two leagues that I'm in the finals of. And hopefully this week we get our first win of the season in terms of some softball. And hopefully the Fortnite's get a redemption here with the Rams because we need that number one seed. Uh, but before we move forward here, Fro, where can people find you on social media? You can find me on Twitter at FantasyFro. And feel free to shoot me a DM if you're looking to get that winning lineup set i have a small fee for my premium members but most of them made the made the uh, championship round so they're very satisfied with that and my name is nate with we know fantasy it can be found on twitter instagram and facebook at we know fantasy visit our website we know fantasy.com for some great uh other fantasy football content you know it's kind of dwindling down here uh we have the waiver wire wish list podcast you can find it on the website there that's kind of you know outdated now we'll, we'll mention a guy in that moving forward that we didn't get to touch on uh with some recent news Australian will defense of the week is on there you can probably find someone who may still be available for you uh but in terms of that a lot of stuff you know is kind of dwelling down for the week uh but we still have fans or for the season we still have fantasy hockey fantasy basketball content on there well a lot of all-season content in terms of fantasy football and some fantasy uh, baseball and premier league stuff uh in the future so make sure you check out our website we know fantasy.com and uh yeah with that being said that's enough of that let's move into uh you know the guts of the show here we're gonna talk about uh we're gonna go we're gonna take a trip down memory lane today we're gonna review uh our our if you guys remember back we did a mock uh dynasty uh, rookie draft in like June or July, uh, one of our first episodes of the season here uh, on the podcast. So we're going to review that, see how we did, and talk about how some of the picks went, uh, it, how we, uh, how they went, and how we uh, would like to change that. We're going to talk about how our draft guide that we uh, we had for sale early this season, the front I put together, uh, that did very well. Uh, we sold a lot of copies of that. Very proud of that work we put together there. Uh, we'll talk about some things we did very well in there and some things we missed on. Uh, and some other stuff we'll talk on, uh, on this podcast, but you know, it's a uh, week 16 here, probably the last week for, in terms of, uh, regularly scheduled, you know, every Wednesday upload, uh, coming from us. So we'll give you a one last bang here, uh, but before we kick this thing off. You still there? I lose you. You what now? Oh, you're back. I lost you for a little bit. You lost me. 
Yeah, I hear you now. Yeah, I didn't hear anything you said after before we get started. And it went blank for like 15 seconds. <laughs> well, that's interesting. Okay, anyways, anyways, uh, I was saying that before we hopped on the podcast here, you had a dilemma. You were you're running past me for your RB2 slot in one of your leagues, and I told you to save it for the podcast. So I was, uh, I was telling you to run me through that dilemma one more time. All right. So, yeah, this is actually a big, big, big league for me because it's uh, winner winner takes a grand. Uh, second place it, it walks away with a measly $200. So I, uh, I'm kind of the underdog here. I'm under-favorited by about eight points or so. But obviously my running back one, I'm going with Zeke Elliott. But my running back two spot, I'm currently starting Raheem Mostert. And my other options would be Devin Singletary against the second-ranked Patriots defense. Or I also have... DeAndre Washington, who actually we just found out will be starting and taking the majority of the running back carries for the Raiders because Jacobs is out and they're playing the 22nd ranked Chargers defense. So who do I go with there and why? Yeah, so if you guys missed it, the news broke just before we hopped on this podcast. Actually, Josh Jacobs is going to be held out for week 16 against the Chargers. So DeAndre Washington will be the lead back there and he did very well. Uh, in that one game that, you know, that surprise miss that uh, Josh Jacobs had earlier this season. Had a very close to 20-point performance there. He's a PPR monster. Uh, but I think you have to roll with Raheem Moster. I know he had a quiet week last week. Uh, that was kind of game scripted out. But they have the Rams this week. Must win games to, uh, you know, keep uh, hopes alive for a top seed. And, uh, you know, the difference between a one and a five seed there in the NFC is a huge difference uh, in any, any playoff, essentially. But, uh, you know, the 49ers love this guy. love to play the offense through him. PPR monster. I'm assuming this is a PPR, PPR league. Yeah, full PPR. I, okay. Okay. Uh, I mean, as I said, Dwayne, uh, DeAndre Washington was a PPR monster as well, too. Uh, but I think you can cancel Devin Singletary out going against, you know, the best run defense in the league right away. Um, I think that's pretty safe to assume. And, you know, that, that Bill's offense has been running more and more through Singletary as the week's go on so you know bill belichick's going to be focusing on devin singletary and taking that aspect of the game away so i think he's going to want josh jacobs or josh allen to beat them with his arm so i think it's safe to assume devin singletary is out of this assumption i think it's down to, to uh, raheem moster and uh and washington then i'm going moster and i think it's a great week here against the rams uh i don't know what he did off the top of my head against the rams or the season or even if he did play in that game yeah, I know he, he didn't do much himself, but I know they ran the ball like over 30 times against the Rams last last uh, earlier in the season. But let's look what Zeke just did last week against the Rams. You know, he put up 31 fantasy points. He got absolutely, he absolutely towards that Rams defense. So and I Tony Pollard think, had a great week, too. Pollard was awesome. I was sitting there telling my fiance, I was like, I got this guy in Dynasty <laughs> sitting on my bed pretty for next year. So, yeah, that, uh, that Rams defense got absolutely torched. Um, so I, I do think most are the way to go, and especially because it is it is the championship. And like I was just telling you a few minutes ago before we got on the air that you have to take a risk here. If you go in and put a guy like, oh, Devin Singletary, he'll get you eight, ten points. So what? We need a guy like Moster who has a chance to hit 20 or more points. You want to win the championship, put a guy and take a risk, especially for me, who drafted guys like Damian Williams, Juju Smith-Schuster, who did absolutely nothing for me. I'm literally living and dying on the waiver wire. Perriman... Did awesome for me last week. I'm throwing at Anthony Miller. You know, just living and dying by the waivers, all in or nothing. Yep, swinging for fences. And that's exactly what you're doing with Mostert. And I think he has a great week this week. But moving forward here, let's uh, let's talk about this uh, this uh, dynasty mock draft we did earlier this season. 
And uh, let's take a little trip down memory lane here. Of course, we did this before the season started. I think the teams are still in the even prior to like preseason when we did this mock draft. So take it with a grain of salt. Um, but I guess we'll just run through it quick and then we'll talk about these picks. And if we were to change anything, uh, the value wise first pick was Josh Jacobs. I think it's safe to assume that that pick would remain the same fro. Oh my God. Absolutely. That was, that was a great pick. I mean, you have an RB one out of, out of a rookie draft. That would have been, he was the best, best rookie running back there was. I kind of was hoping that uh, it was going to be Montgomery who I ended up taking, or I guess you ended up taking him, but he was just, did not work that well. So Jacob was easily the number one pick. Yeah, then we ran through number two pick was uh, 3U and Kill Harry. It's hard to judge exactly what he did because he, he was on the IR for most of the season. Uh, and he ha- when he has played, he has looked okay. But, uh, you know, he's kind of that deep, deep uh, stretch to feel kind of guy. And Tom Brady doesn't have it hit him anymore. So it's kind of hard to say exactly what that value is. But you can't just you can't just mark him off at this point. Yeah, the Patriots haven't they've just had a circus of receivers and running backs for the last few years. You know, they just kind of recycle them in and out. But, you know, Nikhil Harry, he's shown he's shown signs of just being elite, but he just hasn't been healthy. You know, he started the first ten weeks on the IRR and then he comes in, he only has seven receptions in four games. The Patriots offense is nothing like it used to be. That could change. You know, next year could be something else. But it'll be really interesting to see what happens with Tom Brady going forward because you're right. He's not getting any younger, and that arm strength has drastically declined. You know, they don't have any Gronkowski there to kind of, you know, take the double teams or anything. So I think drafting to kill Harry, I'd be very happy with it. After this year, it was not ideal. But going into next year, I'd be much more confident with him. Yeah, and their one target there, Julian Edelman, has literally fallen apart uh, before our eyes. He's uh, pretty much a shelf of man anymore. Uh, pick number three uh, was David Montgomery, as DeFro mentioned. Uh, I thought he was going to get a lot more touches. I mean, he got the touches. He's just, I just feel like he's a limited back. He did very well in college in terms of, you know, uh, you know yards after contact. You just don't do that in the NFL. He's a limited athlete. Uh, he just didn't put up what we thought he would. There was a lot of people who were very big on David Montgomery. He even, you know, went first overall on some dynasty picks. There's some dynasty drafts because it was that type of hype behind him. Uh, but would you would you feel safe still picking him at number three if you were to redraft this this uh, dynasty draft? Um, number three, probably not. Just because the way they used him was just really it was intimidating. Like they they didn't use him as well as we thought they would. You know, they used a high draft pick on him. We thought he'd come out and be more effective, but they still use Cohen quite a bit. And that Bears offense really didn't do much until the last few weeks. They're finally you know, clicking on all cylinders, but it really took Matt Nagy this many weeks to kind of put it all together to actually have to tell the media that he's going to run the ball more. Like, I don't understand. You you know what you have out of this guy. Pound the ball with him. Pound the ball. Don't let Trubisky be the guy. You know, he's not the guy. You have to let somebody <laughs> else like Dave Montgomery do the work for him. But uh, we'll see what happens next year. It'll be interesting you know, see what happens with Cohen. But the Bears are finally clicking on all cylinders, but they just spread the ball around a lot. So that's kind of another reason why I wouldn't take Montgomery this early if we redrafted. Yeah, and pick number four was another guy we, uh, we both were very high on. You know, Fro was maybe a little bit higher than myself for obvious reasons. Miles Sanders, the Eagles. Uh I'll let, I'll let Farrell explain this one. You you uh you still think there's a lot of there's a lot of promise here in the Sanders tank? Oh, I know there's a lot of promise because he started the season really slow as you know we expected, but he started it even slower than 
most people expected. We kind of figured halfway through the season he would take the reins. But the Eagles' offense as a whole really struggled. But one thing that didn't really change was Miles Sanders. When he was out there, not only was he, you know, he was a good running back, but he was a great receiver. That's kind of where he kind of started breaking out. And, you know, Carson Wentz would kind of hit him for a 30-yard shot on a wheel route, and nobody was expecting it. And he kind of turned into this great pass catcher. And now he's been breaking out the last few weeks. And the last four games, he's averaging just under 20 PPR points a game. And he's currently running back 16 on the season. So I think next year we're going to be looking at like LaShawn McCoy type numbers. He's going to break out next year. He'll be the only running back there to want you want to own a fantasy. So at this point, I probably would have taken him number two if I knew how well he was going to do. Yeah, I'm looking at the list here. He's probably, if not number two, probably number three out of these guys I would draft. We'll get to that guy later in this draft who I'm, you know, looking at here but number five was dk metcalf i stuck with this guy uh he has a lot of promise there uh there'll be a lot more promise if you know there's a lot more promise at the start of the season when the when the seahawks were throwing the ball a lot more but as the season went down they just throw the they just run the ball a lot more and that's a seahawks game so uh, it takes away some of his value there and there's some some receivers taken later in this draft and this mock draft i would prefer over uh, dk metcalf Okay. Anyways, uh, moving on. Pick number six. Here's a guy, Marquise Brown. Uh, you know, he's kind of that boomer bust of a guy. We talked about this, obviously, there in Baltimore. There are a lot of great things happening in Baltimore. Uh, I don't know if he's pick six material, but he's got a lot of promise there. Lamar Jackson's really, you know, MVP, you know, runaway at this point. Uh, no one's going to be touching him for that vote. Uh, but is this uh, is this something you think he can sustain for, uh, you know, a, a career? Can he make a career out of what he's doing there in Baltimore? Yeah, I think, I mean, at this point, you want to own pretty much any piece you can of the Ravens, especially in Dynasty, where it's going to go, you know, several years, and they're they're only going to get better from here. And, I mean, Marquise Brown, we saw him break out of the season. Like, it was unreal, and he was getting, you know, two touchdowns and some games, but then he had, like, no no touchdowns, no, rece- no receptions in a game. It was very streaky, but he's the kind of guy that he's only going to get better. Like, look what Lamar Jackson did last year. You know, everybody died him coming into the season, and he absolutely tore up the league. And, you know, the Ravens don't have any great receivers. You know, Lamar's doing it with these guys who they're either very young or just haven't been that great of an NFL player. So he, he's going to be the, the star next year. He's the guy I would want on my team, especially, you know, in, in a league where, you know, for whatever reason, the Ravens, they don't kick field goals. They always go for a fourth down. They want to get a touchdown. They want to dominate, dominate, dominate. So I would love to have Marquise Brown on my roster for next season. Knowing what you know now, you taking over DK Metcalf? Probably not. DK Metcalf is a lot more consistent. Yeah, there's that value there. Uh, pick number seven was uh, TJ Hawkinson. Uh, first tight end off the board here. I like the value there. I think there's a lot more coming from this guy. He had a lot of injuries this season. He played some great games. That line seemed fell apart. Coaching staff really held him back, held the entire offense back. But I think, in, you know, after his rookie season, there's a tight end. He's really going to burst onto the scene. I think he's a very great talent. I think he's going to uh, blow up and have a fantastic career. And I think I'm very happy, you know, taking him as a top, you know, 10 uh, dynasty uh, pick. Pick number eight was taken by the Fro, J.J. Arcega, Whiteside. What's going on with this guy? Why haven't we heard anything about this guy, Fro? Well, I mean, he's been horrible. It's, you know, he, he actually is playing by default because we don't have any receivers. <laughs> Our best receiver right now is Greg Ward, who is the quarterback out of Houston. So, 
I mean, he's been at uh, Arcega Whiteside has been out there for 90% or more snaps the last two games, and he has two total receptions. Oh, my so goodness. He just doesn't get open. I mean, he's a very raw talent. We'll see what happens next year. We see this a lot where, you know, you're kind of really high on a guy in a draft and they don't do much the first year, but then they absolutely dominate in their second year. But, I mean, right now it just does not look good. If I owned Arcega Whiteside right now in Dynasty, I would really don't think he'd be worth much of anything, but that's why I have to wait out and see what happens with him going forward. He can't be any worse next year, and chances are Alshon will probably be gone, and our single white side was, was the whole idea of bringing him in to replace Alshon. Who knows if Deshaun Jackson's come back next year, so our, um, by default, you know, our single white side might even be the next be the, the next guy, which, you know, he'll get some, some reps with the first team in training camp, and we could see a, a nice little rebuild for him next year a little breakout performance if we can only hope pick number nine here is probably the surprise of the draft uh by most and this is a guy i would debate here uh along with miles sanders for a number two pick that's aj brown the tennessee titans this guy is an absolute stud uh that that offense is really just just transformed with ryan Tannehill at the helm uh he's obviously the quarterback going forward there and aj brown i'm not sure the numbers are off the top of my head but he's got to be close to a top 20, top 25 wide receiver on the season as a wide, as a rookie, which is pretty much unheard of. And especially doing it with such a slow start to the season with, uh, with, uh, Marquise. What's it? Why, why am I blanking? Who's, who is Corey Davis? Who, no, who am I thinking of the quarterback there before Ryan Tannehill? Oh, uh, Mariota. Mariota, <laughs> dude. He's so bad. I forgot his name. He's a Heisman winner and everything. <laughs> Jeez. He was good in college. Oh, he's so bad. Yeah, Ryan, and that's but, that's why I really I faded all the Titans all season. But well, then that's Tannehill it, we didn't came know. in. But yeah, but yeah. Ryan Tannehill's really just just blown that team up. That team is playing well. The offense is very good. And uh, Ryan Tannehill has actually been like quarterback three since he's taken over. Uh, yep. and, and whatever. But uh, yeah, AJ Brown's been such a surprise pick number nine here and. He's, uh, you know, doing this as a rookie, and you don't see this, these types of no- numbers out of a rookie wide receiver. So he's gonna have a fantastic career. Uh, number ten was another wide receiver or another tight end, Noah Font. Another g- a guy who's gonna have a great career uh, for the type of uh, tight end you get here. Fair, explosive. You know, Drew Locke is looking pretty good. I know the froze kind of high in Drew Locke. Um, yeah, he's been he's been awesome. I mean, well, with with most most rookie tight ends, I did write an article about this. They start out very slow. And we, we really saw it this year. And then later in the year, you kind of see some some reasons why he was drafted in the first round. But, you know, Van has been everything that they could have possibly asked for, especially in a fantasy pool where tight ends are a premium. You know, he's actually tight end 15 on the year. So he could be a borderline starting tight end, especially at this point in the season. But, you know, he's been fluctuating with, uh, with quarterbacks. I believe he's had three different quarterbacks, but now they brought in Drew, Drew Locke because they're, they're trying to see what they have for next year. And he's pr- looked pretty good um, going forward. So I think uh, Noah Vance is going to easily be a, a top 10 tight end for next the next, for the next five years. That's pretty safe to assume. He's such an athletic beast, and, and uh, you know, Drew Locke's looking pretty good there, and they have a lot of things going for them in Denver. Uh, pick number 11 was Paris Campbell. This pick was made when, uh, you know, way back when, when uh, Andrew Luck was still the quarterback of the, of the Colts. So there's a lot of more promise there. There's still some promise with Campbell faces some injuries. I think he's an IR now. Um, played some limited snaps this season. Not much coming out of him, uh, but some. Yeah, but still a lot of promise there. That Colts team is looking up. And then Damian Harris was our last pick of this draft, and uh, you know, not much there. Didn't see much time at all. 
there in New England. But uh, that's just uh, you know something fun there to look back on uh, that that mock draft we did early in the season. And now we're going to talk about uh, you know this uh, this uh, draft guide we put together. This is our first year doing it. We collaborated. Uh, the fro and I put together this uh, draft guide. It ended up being like seventy eight pages. It was a lot more work than we ever anticipated when we first started. It was an idea we had and uh it was a lot of a lot of work, a ton of work, but it was a lot of fun and uh you know a lot of you guys responded well to it. You, a lot of you guys purchased it and a lot of you guys are in your championship because of this. You guys have been reaching out to us and telling us that. Um so expect us to come back next year with a bigger, better version of this thing, uh knowing that you guys responded well to this and how well it has helped you. Uh, but with that being said, we're going to go through a few things here, talk about a few things we hit on, a few players we hit on in this draft guide, a few things we kind of missed on. Like, we like to be transparent. We're not those people who just ignore the fact that we're wrong sometimes because it's part of fantasy football. We're wrong sometimes. Uh, it's hard to believe because we're wrong. We're wrong, but it's not often that we're wrong, right? So uh, we're going to talk about a few things here or there about uh, some things in our draft guide. So uh, I guess, Fro, you have anything you want to kick off here? Anything you uh, want to highlight here about this draft guide we put together? Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, kind of like what you touched on already about, you know, how it's great when we get a a message from somebody that says, you know, I'm in my championship because of your draft guide, because of your guidance. And it's just it's so humbling. It's so great. Just makes us want to work even harder. But uh, looking at my draft guide right here, you know, I broke it down into different sections based on where, um, you know, average draft position and, you know, a couple of guys that I really was really happy about. um, First of all, obviously, Chris Godwin, who has been a god the whole season unfortunately he's out for this week but if you uh follow me on twitter you did see i was talking up harriman so you really you would you had a had a nice little handcuff there for chris godwin for this last week if you're in the championship um another one is james white you know he was actually his, his average draft position was actually higher than than what we would have liked but he actually uh in ppr leaks Every single game except for one he's played in, he scored at least 9.6 fancy points. So that's pretty good. That's a great floor. So that's a very consistent floor. I'd be very happy with that. Um, Going down a little further, Chris Carson has been an absolute brute. You know, he's been so consistent. There were some scares with Rashad Penny out there for a little bit. But especially coming in these, these fancy playoffs once Penny got hurt, you knew Chris Carson was locked into being that RB1 for the, the you know the fancy plus I was so happy to have Chris Carson in multiple leagues uh DJ Moore is another guy you know he uh he showed a lot of potential his rookie year actually had a couple of different quarterbacks going at it actually has a new quarterback coming in this week but DJ Moore has been breaking out especially his last few weeks he's actually wide receiver eight on the season and Panthers players besides McCaffrey go extreme they're extremely underrated so I think you know DJ Moore I was very happy to get that one right. Um, now let's let's go to some that we missed. And when we're looking at miss, you know, we're talking it could be an injury, it could be a coach's decision. There's a lot of things that are unpredictable, but there's some that we just plain missed. But um, we're gonna go with <laughs> Dante Pettis. <laughs> oh man! Think, oh man! I think my every, man, every Dante quote, Pettis. Every Casey, yeah. <laughs> We were all wrong in this guy. <laughs> yeah, I almost I was telling Nate this a couple a couple weeks ago. I almost made a trade. It would have been like Mark Ingram and Larry Fitzgerald, and I would have given up. I would I would have given those two up to get Dante Pettis and David Montgomery. And my stupid friend turned it down before the season started. And I'm glad it didn't work out because I probably wouldn't be in the, the championships right now. Um, Darrell Henderson of the Rams. 
he was another one we kind of were off on. Because even when Gurley wasn't playing, Malcolm Brown was more the guy to own. Um, Vance McDonald, the tight end of the Steelers, he was one I, I definitely missed on. Um, the potential was extremely high this year, you know, being the, the number one tight end with Jesse James going to the Lions. Uh, you know, Ben Roethlisberger was expected. He loves Vance McDonough, but Big Ben got hurt. You know, there's no way to predict that. That changed the entire outlook of the Steelers' offense. Um, and then I guess I'll let, uh, I'll let Nate take it from here before I hit my deep sleepers. All right, so if you guys purchased this draft guide and went through this, you know how we kind of went through this. I did the complete player rankings, and the Fro did uh, more of the stuff he was just talking about there. So mine's a little bit different here. You know, player rankings are nearly impossible to get spot on. Uh, just a few that I got kind of close on. I uh, Russell Wilson, I put as a top five quarterback. I think he's quarterback five on the season right now, quarterback six on the season. Uh, you know, a lot of people were fading him because of the run-heavy offense. Another guy that Fro and I like to tote about is Jameis Winston, currently the quarterback four in the season. We get a lot of hate for our support of Jameis Winston in fantasy football. Um, but here he is, quarterback four on the season. Uh, so if you guys like to hate on us because of our support there, uh, I, I, there's nothing we can say because uh, the stats are all there. Your loss. Yeah, your loss because uh, there's that. Uh, besides that, you know, typical, normal things. Uh, Lamar Jackson was my quarterback, 14. Nothing you can really do there. Besides that, things pretty much fell in place for quarterbacks. My running back situation was a little bit difficult. I had Chris McCaffrey as my quarter, my running back one at one point. But I switched it with Zeke. I liked when he had his new deal. I thought the Cowboys would finally just you know pump everything through him, uh, like they used to. And then I went Saquon second. We couldn't have projected what Saquon did this season, uh, you know, to make that that big of a of a dive. And uh, you know, we couldn't expect it. I thought when uh, Cam Newton came back that they would push the ball down the field more. But then, you know, he was, you know, he did not fully come back. Then he got placed on, you know, he was out and the Kyle Allen came in, which really allowed, uh, you know, the offense to really flow through Christian McCaffrey, which you know, really propelled him to be the running back one by oh, a very large margin. Um, besides that, you know, I really miss probably, you know, I had uh, Le'Veon Bell as a top five running back, uh, David Johnson, top five running back. Todd Gurley was a guy I, we were, I was really high on, uh, seven. Um, uh, wide receivers. I was, I was, we were both talking about Chris Gowan this season. We, he just talked about him about how much, uh, he was in love with this guy. Uh, the fro did, uh, of course I had Juju as wide receiver four and we know that did not happen, but that was due to an injury. Um, but I had Chris Gowan, I think like wide receiver 18 or something like that. I did not think he would be a top five wide receiver whatsoever. I knew he'd take a big jump, but the top five and uh, what was it as as of week fourteen or week fifteen, he and Mike Evans are both top five wide receivers, which is absolutely unheard of, uh, to be honest. Um, and in terms of tight ends, uh, let's see here if I can scroll down here. This thing is absolutely massive. If you guys purchase this, you know seventy four pages of straight content. Uh, you know, I went Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, Zach Ertz. Then I went Evan Ingram again, injured. And the big miss that everyone missed on was OJ Howard. We just thought he would be involved. Oh, everybody. In that, that monster passing attack where Jameis Winston's what second league in passing yards, second in passing touchdowns, and OJ Howard is absolutely nowhere to be found in any of that. Um, but again, Vance McDonald tight end seven missed on that. Um there's things we can't really predict. There's a lot of things, you know, fantasy football is still a game of chance. 
injuries, uh, like you said, uh, coach's choice because O.J. Howard wasn't injured. It's just Bruce Arians just wasn't using him. And uh, I guess we should have saw that coming. Bruce Arians really hasn't produced much in terms of tight end talent. We just thought O.J. Howard was too much of a talent to pass up and not use. But I guess I guess he has found success, not in terms of wins, but in terms of producing some fantasy f- talent there in Jameis Winston, Mike Evans, and Chris Godwin without having to use uh, O.J. Howard. But uh, I'll, I guess I'll throw it back over here to uh, the fro because, you know, I like I said, I did rankings. So, you know, you can go back through and nitpick these rankings as much as you want to find what I hit and missed on. But and in terms of that, it's, it is what it is. But... There's a lot of good things going on here, and I like like Defro just said. I need to touch on this again. I appreciate everyone who who actually takes the time of their day to message us and say, "Hey, because you're a guy, because you're a draft guy, I'm in the finals, I'm in the championship, things that it means so much." And it, you know, it's those it's those days like that where you get that that you want to keep going because you know how much hate we get and uh, all that type of stuff. So, uh, Fro, let's talk about your deep sleepers now. Yes, sir. So uh, the third section of my draft guide, I uh, broke down. I have uh, deep sleepers, which I classified were players going in the 10th round or later. So basically, you know, players that you're, you're taking a shot on at this point. You know, it's you kind of you want to take guys that have high upside potential. Maybe the starter that they're sitting behind gets injured. Talked about this a lot in the preseason, a lot. It paid off a lot this year. But uh, so a couple of players I had and this was written before the Melvin Gordon uh, holdout. So I did have Austin Eckler at the top of that. So you can put an asterisk by that because obviously, you know, we kind of knew he was going to be the starter. But when I did write this draft guide, he was, you know, he was still the backup. Uh, Austin Eckler was there. Jameis Winston, who, you know, we just talked about. I absolutely loved him. You're getting this man in the 11th round. He's winning you a championship. Told you you'd thank me later for that one. Um, Let's see who else we have here. Dak Prescott, who I know Nate was very high on as well. And, you know, yep. he's just been a Let me some fan, fantasy producer. And then oh, this guy named Lamar Jackson. I don't know if you guys Who's have heard of him. But <laughs> Lamar Jackson, huh? Lamar Jackson, yeah. But, um, yeah, he went in the, the ninth, 10th, even 11th round in some drafts. And he, he is winning you. He's winning. I mean, how many championship teams have either Lamar Jackson or Jameis Winston? You know, we if- had them both. Chances are, if you go into, uh, if you're not in the championship, if you go into your league's championship and you click on the championship matchup, one of the two teams has Lamar Jackson in it. Yeah, absolutely. And probably the other one has Jameis Winston. Um, so let's see. And then this other one, Darren Waller, who was starting to get a little bit of talk in the training camp there. And I, I, snuck, I snuck him there on the very last deep sleeper, and he ended up being an elite tight end for off the waiver wire. So those are four or five guys that you know I hit on the deep, deep waiver. And then um, you know Chase Edmonds, who had a you know had a nice little stretch there when he was healthy with uh, what's his name David Johns. What's his name? He doesn't even play what's anymore. What's his name? Yeah. <laughs> Used to be a guy, you know, the guy you took in the first round, wasted the pick. Yeah, David Johnson, he's gone. And Chase Edmonds, I have him in Dynasty, and I'm hoping that, you know, the whole Drake thing doesn't work out because he's going to be nice looking forward. Um, another deep guy I have that I guess was kind of a, a mid hit would be Royce Freeman. You know, he's been he's been solid for where you took him. I absolutely missed on, you know, Damian Harris this year. Uh, Deshaun Jackson, who would have been an absolute steal, but he got hurt in the first first two games that absolutely killed his his value ben roethlisberger he got hurt can't do much about that 
Let's talk about Dante Moncrief. That was a bad call. Ooh, yeah, I was on the Moncrief train myself. Yeah, but I had it slash James Washington. So I said, whoever wins that job. So James Washington's played much better. So a little bit of, you know, a little better yeah, there. If you, if you were a, a follower of, of this podcast series, whatever, you know, I'm a James Fox, a Washington supporter from day one, and I – uh, I caught all that hate that Dante Moncrief was going to be the guy, but James Washington, here he is, still the guy, kind of. Yeah, and the last the last player I'll toot my horn on, only, be, <laughs> only because he absolutely won, he individually won people, you know, a week or two this year, be John Ross when he started the Ooh, season. Ooh, John Ross. I had him at my 16th deep sleeper out of 17, and I was pretty happy the way he started the season, but he couldn't stay healthy. But going forward, if you, if you have John Ross in a dynasty – He's he's gonna be he's gonna be all right, you know. Going forward, that Bengals offense, I was so high on before all these injuries on the offensive line, but they they have a lot of good pieces around them. So keep an eye on them. They're gonna get healthy next year. I really could see them breaking out next year. You're gonna want to own a lot of them. Yeah, and not to mention they're gonna get the quarterback they want with the first overall pick. You know, Zach Taylor, an offensive mind guru, is gonna get the quarterback they want to build the system around. So the Bengals are going to have a, a, a bright future ahead of them. So. Yeah, there's a lot of great pieces on that. You know, how many times you, you've, you've added some, you know, in terms of a waiver wire, you've added some random wide receiver from the Bengals, you know, on on Tate, or you've added John Ross, or who was an Erickson you may have played a week or two. A lot of great talent there, so look forward to those guys in the future. But again, guys, that's just a, a very small sneak peek into this draft guy we produced. Again, 70-some pages uh, of straight fantasy football content. Again, this is something we're going to produce next year. It was a uh, for sale this off season, and uh, it really paid dividends. It was a, it was very cheap. I mean, what we what we sold it for like ten bucks or something like that. Yeah, it's ten dollars. Yeah, and we and it really you know it was so much work. This is months and months, not only months and months of actually physical work, but this is years and years of accumulated uh, work of ourselves of this fantasy football you know stuff we've 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 been playing and putting together. So. Uh, again, thank you to everyone who purchased it, everyone that read it, and everyone that you know used it to succeed. And uh, best of luck to you if you, uh, you know, have followed it. And uh, thank you guys again very much. Can't say that enough. Uh, but that'll be it for today's podcast for this final podcast of the season. Uh, I guess, yeah, I guess that's it. I guess that's it. Again, another great season. Uh, you know, thank you guys. This is the second straight season. You know, the Fro and I have been doing this podcast together. Uh, we'll be back next year. I can promise you that. Again, we'll be back with a, with a draft guide, back with these podcasts. Uh, you know, I mean, make sure you follow our, us on social media to know what we're doing. Uh, we're both uh, hooked on this thing called Dynasty Football now. We're both finally in the Dynasty League. So expect some Dynasty content throughout the offseason. So we're not, uh, you know, just kind of uh, disappearing on your on your, on your your Twitter feed throughout the offseason like we have been since we were typically redraft guys. Since you guys have been following us the last two or three years since we made our accounts, we've been known as redraft guys, but we know we're kind of hooked on this uh, dynasty bug. So uh, follow us. Uh, make sure you follow us on social media. And, and real quick, Fro, where can people find you on social media? You can find me on Twitter at Fantasy Fro. My name is Nate with We Know Fantasy. You can be found on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at We Know Fantasy. Be sure to visit our website, WeKnowFantasy.com, for some more, more fantasy wall content. I would say see you guys later, but I don't know exactly when we, you'll see us again, but you will see us again. It may not be the Fro and I. It'll be some kind of a combination of some We Know Fantasy content. Uh, but thank you guys again for this great season of, uh, you know, what it's been. What episode is this? 23, 24. So it's, it's been close. Track. Yeah, it's somewhere around there. 
So what's that like? Almost six straight months of of a Wednesday podcast. It was at summertime you guys? when we started, and is now like single digit weather here in Pennsylvania. That yeah, tells it's you how supposed long it's been. to be when I wake up in the morning. It's supposed to be like seven degrees. So that's that's what it's telling you. That's yep. exactly what it's telling you. So again, thank you guys for tuning in. And until I guess we see you guys again, whenever that will be, uh, we'll see you. Peace.